Lord, it's of your sovereignty and mercy that we're gathered here this weekend. Lord, as we gather, we pray first that you will sanctify, separate, and cleanse each one of us. Lord, to attend your feast, we need to be the cleansed people. Lord, your holy oh, congregation. Lord, how much we need your forgiveness. How much we need your cleansing. Lord, how much, how much we need to be made holy, both without and within, so that we can partake of your feast worthily. Lord, tonight we just pray that you will cover us with your precious blood. Cleanse our conscience. Cleanse our whole being. Wash it anew. Lord, that we can be here really partaking of the holy food, which you are. Lord, we just pray, make this weekend a real feast, a time of joy, a time of celebration. Lord, a time of enjoyment, oh, in your presence, that we can render you the real worship. Lord, be with each one of us. Pray you will speak to everyone in this room. Touch us, Lord. Visit us, Lord. Lord, be face to face with us, Lord, in a very, very personal and intimate way. Lord, free us from every kind of formality. We like to be with you in freedom. Amen. Oh, we turn our hearts to you. Amen. May the veils be removed. Amen. We see you face to face. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, uh, dear ones, uh, this weekend, uh, we're going to cover some, a subject that is very, very common to all of us. In fact, it is something that we do uh, every Lord's Day, um, and that is concerning the practice of the Lord's Table. Now, um, not only this is something common among us, I would say uh, this is something common in the entire Christianity today. For example, uh, with the Catholic Church, or so-called or Catholicism. Uh, they have something, their main kind of worship um, is called the Mass, right? So Christmas, Christmas is Christ's Mass. And that Mass, uh, uh, to them, they call it also the Communion, right? The Communion. Um, really, the, the, the word originally in Latin or Greek, I don't remember, has something to do with um, gratitude or the giving of thanks. And so, um, and this mass uh, uh, is, this communion um, is a place where um, uh, the liturgy, you know what is a liturgy? A liturgy is a body of rules or rites that is uh, prescribed for certain kind of public uh, uh, event of worship, right? So you, you couldn't do whatever you want. You have to follow this set of rules and do it just right, and that is a liturgy. And, and the liturgy, uh, in this case, in a mass, applies 
to something that the Catholics would call a Eucharist. A Eucharist is um, uh, their kind of remembrance of the Lord, or what we call the Lord's table. You feel me? Now, any Catholics here, uh, ex-Catholics here, uh, that you went to celebrate Mass, you go to the, the at, at whatever occasions, right? Easter, whatever, you go there. And then at a certain point in time, they have this, uh, this, uh, this wafer, right? And, and whatever, and this cup and so on, uh, putting in front of here like in an altar, right? Signifying the cross or something. And then at a certain time, the master of ceremony, usually the the priest, the father, uh, would be the one who uh, would officiate this, uh, this event, this, uh, this, uh, carry out this uh, liturgy. And um, there would be so, some kind of responsive speaking or, 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 or saying and this and that. And at a certain point that you just line up, all right? The people just line up and this, uh, this uh, uh, priest would... Uh, uh, you just go, ah, you know, stick out your tongue, and they put this wafer in your mouth, uh, and then you, you move on. And uh, actually, uh, I, I, I share in, in, in one of the uh, conferences before that I actually uh, wandered into a, a, a tape on YouTube, I mean a video on YouTube, uh, called uh, the Eucharist 101, uh, meaning that if you want to be a good Catholic, uh, you, on the receiving end, you need to know how exactly to, uh, to behave yourself. Uh, your tongue should not be st- stuck out so far, and, and uh, uh, you, you should not bow down like this. Uh, uh, you should just bend a little bit because you can knock the things over, and um, um, uh, you don't shake hands with the priest, and etc., uh, etc. Et so you go through the 101, then you know how to be a good Uh, uh, Eucharist celebrating uh, 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 member. And uh, indeed, if you study the the history of the Catholic Church, uh, this whole uh, matter becomes quite the center of the the Catholic life, uh, public life. Uh, Is this kind of a mass, this kind of a celebration? Well, I would like to tell you in, uh, in its essence, that is not wrong. It is just like us. Uh, the Lord's table or the Lord's uh, supper um, uh, is something uh, entirely central. And that's why this weekend we're spending some time on this matter to our church life today. And of course, in the denomination, they don't call it a mass. They call it a holy communion. Uh, which uh, uh, in some cases they celebrate once a week. In many cases, people just come once a few times at Christmas time, Easter time, or some kind of holiday time. They may not do this kind of thing, uh, uh, but uh, in principle, they have this kind of a holy communion. And why is this? This is because uh, it is one of the few things, perhaps the only thing, the only thing that our Lord, before he went to the cross and died, um, uh, instituted, established as a a physical event uh, 
that we, his disciples, are supposed to do. And in fact, to do it often. Right? And so, uh, so this matter of this Lord's table, um, or otherwise called in the, uh, in, the, in the book of Acts especially, called the breaking of bread. It's just called the breaking of bread or bread breaking. It became a central thing in the church life from the get-go. So, um, so uh, immediately after uh, 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 the Pentecost, uh, the first church on the earth was uh, uh, appeared, and that would be the church in Jerusalem, right? And immediately in chapter 2, uh, uh, when there's so many thousands who got saved and begin to practice the New Testament church life, is say uh, it mentions certain characteristics about that church life and pretty much set up a, a pattern for, for us uh, in the coming ages. And it says, and they, these disciples, continue steadfastly in the apostles' teaching and fellowship, right? We all know that, right? So the first thing in our church life, by the way, is the most central and the most important thing is that the church life should be a place where we continue steadfastly, nonstop, uh, in the apostles' teaching and fellowship. And today, of course, we know the apostles' teaching is the entire New Testament. So we would have no church life without the New Testament, right? You have to continue steadfastly always with the word of God. And, uh, um, and not only so, uh, uh, they, uh, 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 you know, today uh, in our practice, we absolutely would continue in this word. I mean, we... We cannot have a church life without this word, uh, even for one day. We cannot have one meeting without the word, even for one time. This word is our everything. This is our constitution, right? Like the U.S. Constitution. Uh, this, is, this is our leader, our leadership. This is, this is our everything. Uh, the word of God. Last year we were here talking about how to handle the word of God. I hope you have not forgotten it. Uh, this word is everything to us believers, uh, the word of, of the Lord. And, and also in the apostles' fellowship, they continue in that fellowship. Of course, in those days, the apostles were with them, and they continue in that fellowship that the uh, apostles brought uh, as messengers from, uh, from, uh, from uh, Christ, from the Lord, uh, to the uh, to the uh, uh, disciples and believers, and they are to continue in this. And uh, that is the basis uh, on the side of the apostles. But there's the other side in the church life that is on the church side. And that would be two things. Number one, they continue steadfastly in the breaking of bread, number one. And number two, the prayers, the prayers. So the breaking of bread, which is the Lord's table, and the prayers are the two, you may say, pillars, if you will, uh, of the church life now. There's, 
lots of very deep things even implied in there. Um, um, that, uh, by the way, this weekend, uh, dear saints, uh, we're not here to cover the significance of the Lord's table. That is a huge, huge, uh, humongous subject that we don't have time for. Um, and uh, I would uh, like to um, um, uh, uh, encourage you uh, to go to uh, the book of Mark. You know, the book of Mark, uh, the life studies of Mark. Um, I, for, I don't remember the number, but there are two messages back to back covering the Lord's table. Uh, I think it's in Mark 14 or something like that. Um, uh, two very, very uh, high uh, and complete, comprehensive messages on the uh, 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 significance of the Lord's table, which we will touch a little bit, even though that is, would not be our full emphasis here. And uh, 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 so the early church established this pattern uh, that the church life is the breaking of bread, and that is the remembrance of the Lord, for the remembrance of the Lord and the prayers, and the prayers. So today, uh, in the Lord's recovery, we continue that, uh, that practice. Now, in the early days, um, 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 it's hard to say uh, how often they broke bread. Uh, I cannot find out, uh, I mean initially. Um, I have reason to believe, um, uh, in fact some scholars would, would, would say this after their kind of research and study, that uh, they likely broke bread every day. Amen. Every day. Because, uh, um, uh, because the Lord was uh, very fresh to them. The Lord had just departed not that long ago and um, and that commandment from the Lord to do this, that means to break the bread and to drink the cup in remembrance of, uh, of him was something very, very recent and very, very fresh. And uh, in fact, in those days, uh, most likely that the, this breaking of bread is uh, accompanied by a meal, by 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 a meal they ate. So they eat meals every day, am I right? Or they eat a supper every day. So quite possibly, they did this every day. So they would come together to eat a meal, just, just an ordinary meal. And at a certain time, uh, when the meal is done, uh, they would bring out this, this, this bread and also bring up the, the cup. And they would uh, break the bread and drink the cup, pass the cup, and, uh, and remember the Lord. Uh, what I'm saying here is it was not a kind of a meeting. It was a kind of daily constant event uh, that they did because of the freshness of their love towards the Lord. Amen. It is, there's no liturg nothing lit liturgical there. There's nothing formal there. There's nothing 
uh, as a kind of a, a special uh, uh, thing there. It is their daily life uh, always remembering the Lord who just left them. You know what I mean? Um, and so, so it's living. It, it's, it's not a form. Uh, it's not... Uh, it's not something, uh, a form that they kept. It's not a, a, a ritual. Uh, it is truly something uh, from their heart. Uh, so, so, so they remember the Lord every day. I mean, I mean uh, if you remember someone only once a week, I think you really don't care for that person that much. If you care for someone so much, you would remember them every day, am I right? Maybe even every moment, you see? Uh, But I guess, you know, time, you know, causes memories to fade. uh, And and so uh, after a while, uh, people don't remember so much. I don't know, but later on in the book of Acts, uh, instead of remembering uh, doing this, they um, broke bread on the first day of the week, which is uh, um, on the Lord's day, the day of the Lord's resurrection. How it happened that way, I have no idea, but that became the, uh, the, the way that even today we practice um, once a week to remember the Lord. Um, now, uh, my point, uh, my burden uh, uh, is not uh, uh, how many times and, and once a week or once a day, my burden is the remembrance itself. The, the, the why did the Lord uh, would, would bother to institute something so physical for us to, uh, to do? Uh, I mean, uh, physically, uh, uh, we do two things. Uh, one is uh, breaking an actual bread and passing the actual cup, right? Now, there are people who, who don't believe in this. They said those are physical things. Uh, we, we don't need to have an actual cup, actual loaf. We just remember the Lord in spirit. Well, no, the Lord didn't say that. The Lord said he, he, he did this, and he said, do this. Do this uh, to remember me. Physically, do this. So sorry, sisters, you have to go and buy those juice, you know, and, 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 and get those, uh, make those bread. And, and now, uh, for, for, for a long time now in my church, the sisters don't, don't make bread anymore because it's so hard to make. They always crack, you know. Uh, uh, so now we, they just go and buy those matzo bread, which is unleavened. Uh, 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 pre-made so it's much more simple for the sisters Uh, uh, now uh, the other uh, practice is uh, baptism we do actually put people under physical H2O okay the water right and and um, and they're also uh, uh, Christians like Salvation Army they don't believe uh, the need for water. They just wave some, some flag over you and say you are baptized. Well, the New Testament, make it clear, there was no flag waving 
everyone who needs to be baptized, including the Lord Jesus himself, was put under the physical water. But we also know that these things, whether it's the bread and the cup or whether it is the water, they are the signs. They are the symbols. They are not the real thing. Are you, are you with me? And yet the real thing is important. I, I mean, the, those symbols are important, at least to the Lord. Am I right? And, uh, and, and so today, um, uh, uh, we, we still do this. We still do this. Um, but my brothers and sisters, the burden that we have is that it is possible even for us in the recovery who knows quite a bit more probably about the significance of the table. Uh, um, but even to us, it could become something very formalistic. I have that deep concern that even with us, Lord's Day after Lord's Day, it has become a kind of a recovery ritual that we do. You, you know what I mean? Um, and uh, I, you know, I, I may be too much, but uh, I, I, I said this. I said um, um, it's been a longest time that I have seen one saint uh, uh, weep at the Lord's table. Do you follow me? I don't, I don't mean weep as a show. I mean um, filled with emotions towards the Lord, um, full of sincerity towards the Lord, in remembrance of the Lord, um, uh, in a very genuine, uh, genuine way. And uh, we call the right songs and we go through the, the things. You, you know what I mean. Uh, we all know what to do. But it seems to me in many instances, um, while we don't do this, uh, you know, put the wafer in, in that kind of a way, but it also has become um, a kind of a form, a kind of a form, and losing its uh, impact, losing its uh, meaning, uh, losing its reality. And I hope that this weekend, after these four meetings, there would be a change. And I believe if there would be a change, and you will see this change is not just a change in those 40 minutes or 45 minutes. This is asking for a change in our whole daily life. If there would be a change, there would be a change. I tell you, I believe our church life will be greatly uplifted. Greatly uplifted. So, um, uh, now, tonight, we still need to, uh, uh, for the sake of uh, um, build, uh, having a foundation here, 
to cover something on the remembering of the Lord. And tomorrow uh, morning, we're going to cover the second uh, uh, aspect of the Lord's table, if you will. Uh, Maybe not aspect. Yes, aspect is a good word. And that is on the worship of the Father. Now, if you think the remembrance of the Lord is uh, not adequate, the worship of the Father is even less adequate among us and generally among the Lord's children. You know, uh, uh, after I, I, I gave these messages once already to the Spanish-speaking saints there in Anaheim, after I spoke about the worship of the Father, I was personally so, so uh, uh, inspired that I, I wrote down for the subject, uh, the, the title of 14 messages I want to give on this whole matter of the worship to our Father. I, I, think, I think our Father God has been deprived of the rightful and adequate worship from his children. You know, a lot of times, even at the Lord's table, after we have the Lord's table, we just kind of, kind of, well, let's give the Father a few minutes, you know. Uh, you know what I mean? Sing a song and uh, let's get on with prophesying or let's get on with the announcements. Um, I'm not saying that there's no enjoyment there of the Father, but I'm saying that what we would ascribe to that, what we uh, shows our lack of uh, revelation, our lack of impression of what a great thing this is, just based on one word, one verse, and that is after the Lord's table, the Lord took the disciples to the Mount of Olives it says he sang a hymn and they went to the Mount of Olives. Just that verse. And of course, you have to put that together with Hebrews chapter 2, which is a quotation of, uh, of, uh, of, uh, of Psalms um, 22, am I right? Uh, where it talks about um, um, in the midst of the church, I will sing hymns of praise to you, right? I have, de- I have declared my name. Uh, that means the Father's name to my brothers, etc., etc. You have to put that together. And I tell you, when I dove into this whole matter of the Father's worship, I feel we are all a bunch of like uh, ignorant people. We just carry out something because we do that. Uh, you know, we just sing number 53, right, typically, right? Or whatever song we sing, and call it a day. But I tell you, saints, I hope by now you're a little bit convinced by me that these things may be practiced by us, but as far as its reality, its weight among us, it is not where it should be. Okay? So hopefully your appetite is a little bit wet and you would be open uh, to 
get into this with me uh, so that there could be a really a going back. The recovery means to go back to the beginning, Amen. right? How the early disciples were in, in doing this, in, remem- in their remembrance of the Lord. Now, um, I think uh, we just uh, 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 refresh ourselves uh, and we just read a few verses here. Um, and uh, by the way, uh, you, you have this song here? I wrote this for this weekend. I wrote it for you. How about that? So um, I wrote this uh, based on these, uh, these passages uh, that we all know, and I'd like us to read them again, uh, in a, in, deliberately in a very simple way. Uh, there's no interpretation and this and that. Just in a very, I, I want to come back, come back to the basics here, okay? Um, so uh, perhaps uh, at the end uh, of this um, uh, a meeting, um, uh, we, we can learn one, one verse, and tomorrow morning we'll learn another one, and then tomorrow night we'll learn another one. Then on Lord's Day, when we come here to remember the Lord, we will sing this together to Him. Amen? Amen. All right. The uh, first place is, of course, Matthew 26, 26 through 30. So let's quickly turn over there, um, chapter 26, and 26 through 30. Um, Okay, this is Matthew's account. Okay, let's just, just read it together. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it. And he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup and gave thanks, and he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is being poured out for many for forgiveness of sins. But I say to you, I shall by no means drink of this product of the vine from now on until that day, when I drink it new with you, in the kingdom of my Father. After singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Right there is the first Lord's table. Okay, the second is in Luke chapter 22, verses 15 through, uh, let me see, what is it? Uh, 19 to 20, excuse me. 19 to 20. Okay, and he took a loaf and gave thanks, and he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is being given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And similarly, the cup after they had dined, saying, This cup is the new covenant established in my blood, which is poured out for you. Uh, Of course, Prior to that, in verse 15 onwards, uh, he had already um, said something already concerning the eating and drinking of the bread and of the cup. And then uh, finally, we will uh, uh, not read John 
uh, uh, we'll read 1 Corinthians 11, 1 Corinthians 11, uh, 23 through 26. <clears throat> All right, so you got it? Okay, let's read. For I received from the Lord that which also I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed took bread. And having given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is given for you. This do unto the remembrance of me. Similarly, also the cup after they had dined, saying, This cup is the new covenant established in my blood. This do as often as you drink it unto the remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you declare the Lord's death until he comes. Finally, let's just read the scripture reading, John 6, 53 through 58. John 6, 53 through 58. Okay, let's go. Jesus therefore said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within yourselves. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up in the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father has sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who eats me Shall, so shall live because of me. This is the bread which comes down out of heaven, not as the fathers ate and died. He who eats this bread shall live forever. So let us come and take a look at the basic thought of what the Lord did when he established this table. Again, we're not going to cover this grand theme of God's economy and so many uh, marvelous uh, related uh, aspects in the significance of the table. But we're just uh, picking something that is truly essential here based on what the Lord did. Okay, uh, please look at your outline. So um, uh, this first message is simply on remembering the Lord. Brothers and sisters, do you remember the Lord? Before he left, that's the only thing he said. That is, he is afraid that we would forget him. So he had to even establish this physical activity or event do this, do this, but not just do it as a right. Do this in remembrance of me. So this, the Lord's table, is entirely about remembrance of him, of who he is and 
what he did and how he lived. All of that about Jesus, about this Christ, about our Lord. Do this in remembrance of me. Full of meaning, full of meaning. What is then to remember the Lord? Is it just to use our mind to review um, uh, his journey on the earth, um, uh, which is mostly what many Christians are taught to do? Um, um, is it just to contemplate and think about him um, in our mentality? Um, I would not say that is wrong, but I would say that does not touch, certainly, the depth of true remembrance. And so we're going to receive some help here to refresh us in this understanding. So let's read Roman 1 together. The Lord's table meeting is the most important meeting of a local church. It is for remembering the Lord with the remembrance of the Lord as its center for the Lord's enjoyment. So um, uh, the, 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 the Chinese, I believe in other cultures as well, you're supposed to remember your ancestors. Uh, so at a certain time, you have to bring your incense and you bow, you have to remember all their virtues and what they did for you and et cetera, et cetera. And when we talk about remembering the Lord, we could easily think about it merely in that way. We need to quickly see again just what is to remember him. And that's why he did what he did. Now, I like to even here suggest something to all of you. I suggest everywhere that I went. And that is, I suggest that in the church life, we will change our vocabulary. From now on, don't say the table meeting. That has become a common designation of 10 o'clock on Sunday. Where are you going? I'm going to the table meeting. There's no such thing as a table meeting. It's just the table. In fact, it is the Lord's table, which is also called the Lord's Supper. It's not a meeting in that sense. You know, when the Christians assemble, they do certain things as in a meeting. I hope from now on, dear saints, we will separate this time and not call it a meeting. Every week, I am going to the Lord's table to this feast, to this meal, to this supper. Of course, there's a lot of meaning between, a distinction between supper and table. This is for another time. This is not for this weekend. Or you can say, I'm going to break bread. That is also correct. Or you can just even say this, 
How about this? Where are you going? I'm going to remember the Lord with the brothers and sisters. Let's elevate this time from the meeting, other meetings of the church, which are important. But this stands alone as something very, very special in the heart of the Lord. I hope even the young people, you will respect this time. You will treasure this time. You will uh, sanctify this time and not miss this time. Because it's not about missing that piece of bread and that cup of juice. It is about missing that remembrance of the Lord with the saints. And that is a huge thing. And here it says, this remembrance of the Lord is clearly not for us. Not for our enjoyment. But it is, number one, it is entirely centered on the capital M, me. Remembrance of me. This whole time is about me. About that me. Everything should be out of sight. Everything should be blocked off. Everything should be out of our feeling. Everything should be out of our mentality. The only thing that occupies you at that time is just me. It's just Jesus. It's just Christ the Lord. Nothing else. I am afraid that some at the Lord's table is busily do, 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 do. Uh, do you, do you want people to remember you that way? Now, if you come and say, I'm dead, let's say, you come and remember me, right? You have a memorial meeting. And you're sitting there, do, 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 do. If I can s- come out of my coffin and say, what's up, you know, what? Are you really here to remember me? Are you remember, do, do, do? But, but that's just physical. I'm afraid many of us sitting here Our mind is all over the place. We're thinking about this and that. We're not focused, concentrated on the Lord himself. I'm sorry to say this. I mean, this shows how far we have fallen in our actual practice of this most most important thing. Um... The whole time when we're there, even before we come, we should prepare ourselves on the way to think of nothing but the Lord. His person, his his, his name, and all the aspects of of himself. It it is an occasion really of love. Um, Where we are what is that song? Occupied alone with thee. Right? Don't we have one line and one hymn like this? Occupied alone with you. I mean, even if a, a bomb should drop, we, we are here just occupied with him. Dear ones, you know, even right here, right here, I have something to say. And that is, if during the week, 
you don't love the Lord. You don't care for the Lord. And if you come on Lord's Day and just do something, that is a performance. It's show. It's just a show. Now, we may not be as bad as the Catholic Church, you know, doing you know, that thing. But it's a show. I will tell you, dear saints, we need the recovery of a Lord's table living. We live every day, not one day, without remembering the Lord Jesus. Doesn't he deserve such remembrance? Do you think the Lord really told us, it's good enough if you remember me once a week? Do you think the Lord would say that? The Lord would want us to remember him every minute of our lives. Am I right? Am I right, saints? And so that coming together is but an expression of the way we live. It's not a performance once a week. It is a testimony. This is how we live. We love him so much. We cannot forget him. We are preoccupied by him. Dear ones, this is to remember the Lord. And also in that meeting, nothing should be the center but the Lord himself. Um, you see, there's some excerpts you can read. Even when we say we should remember the Lord's work, the Lord, what he accomplished, even that should be secondary to his person. There's a dis difference. To remember the Lord's person and just to remember his work. I, uh, at a lot of Lord's table, especially when the time for breaking the bread, some brothers would come up, right? And, and break the bread. And before they break the bread, they will uh, say some praise, right? And I hear too often a kind of standard uh, uh, praise by some brothers, especially some young brothers. They just recite the whole of God's economy from incarnation to, uh, to uh, glorification. Lord, thank you, you came uh, incarnated, you become a man, you, you put on flesh. Lord, thank you for your human living. Uh, thank you uh, for this and that. Thank you, you went to the cross to die. Uh, thank you to ac accomplish redemption for, for, for the uh, uh, forgiveness of our sins. Uh, thank you for uh, arising on the third day and becoming the life-giving spirit. Thank you for coming into me to make me a son of God, to regenerate me. Uh, well, anything wrong? Anything wrong? Nothing wrong. Am I right? But that's a formulaic prayer. And I hear that too often. I'd rather hear the brother standing here and say, Lord, we really love you. As something. Right? Um... You know, in the, we have a whole song in our, in our uh, uh, hymnal on, on, uh, on, uh, on praising the Lord, or praise of the Lord, that is entirely dedicated to the book of Colossians. You know that? A very deep song because it's full of truth. All the nuggets concerning this all-inclusive and all-extensive Christ in Colossians from him firstly becoming the what? 
the, the, the common portion of the saints. Am I right? In the light. All the way to the end that he become the constituent of the new man. And everything in between the firstborn of the old creation, the firstborn of the new creation uh, from the dead. Am I right? Uh, the, 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 the wisdom of God and, 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 and the, uh, the, the, the mystery of God and then the, uh, the uh, 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 um, reality of all the positive things, of all the types and figures and, and, uh, the, and eventually Christ who is our life. And it's all in that one song, I tell you. But no, we, we always just go through just that standard prayer. We need, I hope there's one meeting that the whole Lord's table, we will just remember him as what? As the incarnated one. Just so you don't go anywhere else. Just as the incarnated Jesus. The one, the word who became flesh. And we just praise him as such. No, today our Lord's table are all very superficial. Sorry to say and just kind of run through the whole thing and cover everything, we seldom would pause and spend time on the depth and the richness of some aspect of his dear, dear person. As the Son of Man, as the Son of God. Am I right? As our Savior. Am I right? As uh, as so many things. We, how many songs we have here, especially those written by Witness Lee, uh, uh, 30 verses, and, and every verse is full of some item concerning who Christ is. You know, right away, number 510. Uh, uh, I found the one of peerless worth, my heart to sing for joy. And, and then the following stanzas, each stanza is, he is my Lord, my life, my way, my rock, my what? Uh, uh, my drink. Uh, uh, he, he is my priest. He is my brother. He is my, my, uh, uh, huh? my, shepherd. Uh, my shepherd, my the prophet, the priest, king. Uh, we, don't re, we, don't, we don't even spend time on even one of these items. We just sing the song and be done, you know. I tell you, if we get into each one of these, we really need the Lord's table once a day to adequately uh, uh, praise him in, 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 in all his all-inclusive riches. You see, I, I, I hope now you begin to realize the burden here. Um, we need a recovery. We need a change, even in our Lord's table. Amen, saints? Amen. Uh, and some even saints, they, don't, they, 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 need, they really need help. Uh, they would come to the Lord's table meeting and uh, select a song on grow in life. Oh, Jesus Christ, grow thou in, in me. It's a wonderful song, but that's the wrong song. You know, that makes you self-centered. Oh, Lord, grow in me. No, that's meeting is, is, that time is not about you. Forget how much you're growing in life. That time is to remember me. Remember him. Forget how much you're growing in life. 
Some even call a song on spiritual warfare. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? This is not a time to fight nobody. This is a time to remember me. That's not a prayer meeting. That's not a prophesying meeting. And, and even uh, uh, lately, I found in some places, the Lord's table became a time to just re uh, uh, review that day's prophesying material. You, are you following me? So uh, 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 whatever the, this week's Holy Word for Morning Revival is, we use the Lord's table in the prayer to digest that do you do that? I, I, I've seen that more than once. Well, it's not about right or wrong, but dear saints, we need, we need a change. We, 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 need, we need this remembrance of the Lord elevated. Okay. All right, let, let, let's... Let's uh, look, look at this outline. I, I'm not going to spend too much time on it, okay? Because of time. Okay. Every done, thing done in the meeting. Oh, one more thing. <laughs> this time is not for you to enjoy. It's for him to enjoy. Then you say, well, then, then there will be no enjoyment for me. Well, let me tell you. If he is fully enjoying, you will be enjoying. Uh, sometime we come to the meeting right away uh, uh, the, the center even of the song's call is about our enjoyment no everything should be for his satisfaction his happiness see even how you call the hymns how you pray should all reflect that and you bring the spirit and the atmosphere of that whole time in that direction this is all needs training and this needs a lot of practice, okay? All right, A, everything done in the meeting, whether the singing and speaking of the hymns, pray and praise, Bible reading. You, some, some brothers may be uh, inspired to read a couple of verses. That's no problem. Um, to help us even in our praise or even say a few words of inspiration. Uh, I did that last Lord's Day. Uh, just a few words of inspiration. But all that should take the Lord as the center. That is not a prophesying meeting. All right? That is not a message-giving meeting. That is not a testimony meeting. That is a meeting to praise the Lord. Amen. To remember Him. That's what we should do. Okay. The attendants in the meeting should speak concerning the Lord's person and work, his love and virtues, his living and suffering on the earth, or his glory and honor in heaven, that others may consider or realize these things in order to remember the Lord himself. Why would we all have to say something? You would utter something, we would utter something. The Lord did not tell us to do that when he established the table. Um, we do that. We do that because this is a way by our utterances, by our praise, we what? 
we not only remember the Lord ourselves, we actually help one another to remember the Lord. I actually am thinking this weekend should actually be a training. This is a training rather than a conference. And I'm thinking of getting a group of brothers up here and practice the Lord's table in front of us. And I'm going to critique them. <laughs> and then we learn together. You know, our brother Lee used to do that quite a lot. Since he passed, no one dared to do that. <laughs> so maybe I should dare to do that. We are all creatures of habit. And after decades in the recovery, we all built up a certain habit to do things. We need to break some of that habit. And how about we have a revival of the Lord's table Amen. in the Lord's recovery? That the Lord's table will become a brand new thing to us. Amen. Are you open to that? Yeah. Or you want to just keep the liturgy going? Our recovery liturgy. I long for a new church life with a new table that even we never experienced before. Remember, see, remembering the Lord is not, to medi not meditating on the Lord the, using your mind. The remembrance spoken of in the Bible is definitely not according to our realization of remembrance. This kind of remembrance by meditation is not the result of revelation, but a kind of religious worship. So it's not just using your mind to remember in that kind of a way. Okay, D, I have to be very quick because you know these things. We just reviewing this. To remember the Lord is to eat the Lord's body and to drink the Lord's blood. That's why we do. We do that. That's why the Lord did that physically. As a symbol, what the Lord indicated was that to remember him is to eat him. The remembrance in the Bible is not the meditating. First and foremost, it is the eating. We know that, right? What is that song? Um, Oh, what a miracle, my Lord, that I mean. You know that one? That song, it's a great Lord's Table song. And in the end, uh, 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 what does it say? Um, True remembrance have from, from me, right? Uh, we will eat and we will drink, something like this. True remembrance. That is a, a, a song uh, uh, based on this understanding. And I would say... Today, among all the Christians, very few have this kind of understanding of eating Jesus and drinking his blood uh, in spirit. And that we do in remembrance of him. So the remembrance of the Lord in the Bible is to eat and drink the Lord. True remembrance. Eating and drinking the Lord are to receive the Lord. He can enter into us because he died and shed his blood and thus become edible and drink drinkable to us. So, clearly, when the blood and the flesh is split, it implies death, right? So when the uh, loaf is broken and the cup is passed separately, it implies death. And it is through the process of death that the Lord renders himself 
edible and drinkable to us as the life-giving spirit. I think we know these things. Okay. Four, now whenever we turn to our spirit, believing and receiving the Lord who died and shed his blood for us, we eat and his flesh and drink his blood. So, in the, at the Lord's table, we need to turn to our spirit. And in the spirit, we exercise faith to believe and to receive him <clears throat> as the spirit. And by doing so, we eat his flesh and drink his blood, symbolized by those elements. E, eating and drinking the Lord are to receive the Lord. When we believe in him and receive him, he enters into us through the Holy Spirit, or even ask the Holy Spirit. When this happens, he is in us and in union with us, and we're in him and in union with him. The greatest principle in eating and drinking is receiving, and the principle in receiving is union. Every time we break the bread, more of the Lord comes into us. Every time we remember the Lord, we have a deeper union with the Lord. This is to remember the Lord. So uh, remember, so why did the Lord break the bread and why did the Lord pass the cup? It is with the intention that the bread will get into us and the, the drink will get into us. So immediately it implies our receiving of him right our receiving of him and also that receiving implies our union with him because like the food we eat and the drink we drink becomes one with us and even become us the same concept is here i think again we all understand that so f eating and drinking and remembering the lord is therefore something in spirit in spirit. Amen, saints? Amen. I, I hope you would not come to this, the Lord's table, without using your spirit, without exercising your spirit, because you will just be partaking of something physically, has no, me, has no, no, no reality to it. You're just doing this. There's no reality. Um, but when you exercise the spirit, that partaking of the elements would what would have meaning because it is a reflection of the reality that is going on right there and then. You are eating and drinking the Lord. You're receiving him as the spirit and you're becoming joined to him. And this, brothers and sisters, is the real remembrance. Okay, all right. Um, I, I think I can skip over these things uh, quickly. Uh, uh, for when we come to the Lord's table, we should come and receive the Lord into us. For this, we need to learn how to exercise our spirit to eat and drink him. You know, to this day, in the, in the, at the Lord's table, what bothers me, sorry, Maybe I shouldn't be bothered. Maybe I'm not thinking about the Lord enough. But anyway, what bothers me is saints, dear saints, can come to the Lord's table year after year without opening their mouth once, without offering a praise once. That is a very... Um, I don't understand that. 
to, to, be, to be quite honest. We come to remember the Lord. And we have to uh, express something. We have to display something um, spiritually. And the way to do this is by what? Is not even by prayer, but by praise. Another big subject on praising the Lord, especially in this occasion. So uh, please, may I make a plea to all the brothers and sisters, don't come to another Lord's table without praising the Lord at least once. Okay? Even the stones will cry out. Am I right? <laughs> if we don't praise the Lord, which is the exercise of our spirit. Okay, remembering the Lord is to receive the Lord anew. Uh, when we break the bread every week, when we see the symbols, we turn to our spirit and receive the Lord again and again. But may I say, do we do that only on Lord's Day? Huh? We should be doing that what? Every moment of every day. And that means we are remembering him every moment of every day. Every time we break bread, we receive the Lord anew. And every time we break bread, we again contact the Lord who died and resurrected, touching him in our spirit. I thank the Lord for the Lord's table because it is a reminder so that even if you forget during the week by coming to the table, it reminds you once again. It brings you back once again. Lord, I forgot about you. Lord, I, f I forgot about you. Thank you for the reminder. And that's why the Lord established this, right? H, when we break bread and partake of the, we partake of the Lord's table, H, the Lord is spread on the table in the Lord's table. Today, Christianity made this a religious matter without the reality of Christ. However, when we come to the table, we should receive the Lord himself. We come to receive the Lord himself. We should empty ourselves so that the Lord can come in. If we truly know what it means to remember the Lord, we will definitely eat and drink to our heart's content. How about this? It's like coming to a party. And you just stand there. And all this food on the table, you just stand there. Then my question is very simple. Why are you here? Well, the Chinese would say this. I'm here to give face to the host. You know, the Chinese very much care for the face. So I'm here to give the host some face. I'm not here to eat and drink. I'm here to give him some face. I'm afraid many of us come to the Lord's table to give the Lord some face. And we don't eat, we don't drink, we don't remember him, we don't praise him, we give him some face. That's not right, brothers and sisters. Okay, it says here, every time we remember the Lord, we will 
be able to say with boldness that all our hunger and thirst are fully satisfied. I, we also remember the Lord at his table to express our desire of his coming back. Now this table that the Lord instituted absolutely foreshadowed the coming kingdom, both in the Lord's own words and in the apostles' words. The Lord's word is, I will not drink of the product of this vine until I drink it anew with you in the kingdom of my Father. That means after the Lord's return, after the Lord's appearance, when the Father's kingdom comes, the Lord will then feast with us anew in this way. Um, you know, the Lord's table, by the way, is a replacement of the Old Testament Passover. All right? It's the New Testament Passover if you will. So, after he ate that last Passover with the disciples and instituted the Lord's table as a replacement, he went and died and left the earth until now. But do you not believe, saints, look at me, do you not believe that the Lord today, in the heavens somewhere, is longing to come back to eat and drink with us again? Otherwise, how would he say that? Why would he say that there and then? He would just say, remember me, goodbye. No, no, no. He said, remember me, I'll see you again in the kingdom doing this. No gathering of the saints should remind them of the Lord's return like the Lord's table. Every week. Every week. We're not just here looking back on all that he's done. We're here anticipating his coming back. I, uh, when I wrote this little song, this little song that I wrote, I was never so touched. I, I was never so clear or so, so, so impressed that how much the Lord wants to come back. You know, in the Bible, it's mostly, Lord Jesus, come quickly. It's mostly the same sentiments and uh, and hope and desire for the Lord to come back soon. Very few places, I don't know where you can think about, where the Lord's return is not just prophesied, but it is expressed as a desire on His part to come back and be with us like this. And what occasion is this? The occasion of our remembrance of Him. I would believe that it is our co collective remembrance of him that will cause the Lord to come back sooner. In, in other words, we will draw him back. But if there's saints, God's people, who don't care, they don't care to remember the Lord, they, don't, they, they just live their lives. They, they, I tell you, how would the Lord feel? And how can the Lord come back soon? The, the, 
this is a great thing, brothers. This is a great thing. I think every time when we break bread and in true remembrance of the Lord, I believe the Lord is acknowledging that. And his heart would be beating, maybe t- telling the Father, when can I go back to meet my people? When, when will your kingdom come, Father? Because no one knows when that will occur except the Father who is in the heavens. I like, dear brothers and sisters, to add a lot more sentimental feeling in this event than just a formality that we do. Because we're told to do this, so we we better do it. With no feeling. How much feeling do we have at the Lord's table, sitting there? How... What is occupying you, your emotions at the time? Are, are we just going through a routine? You know what I mean? Which we do every week. Or is there fresh, present sentiment within us? You know, that time with the Lord and the twelve, one of them left, you know, the bad one. is a very intimate setting. Very intimate setting. Uh, Very, very uh, uh, personal situation. At our Lord's table, it should be like this. It should not be a cold, formal affair. It should be an incredibly warm, intimate, emotional time. You know? as we contact him in our spirit to render praise to him, to bless him and thank him. We would expect him to feel the same way towards us. Come, Lord Jesus, should be a real heart's cry at the end of every genuine remembrance. Shouldn't it? But no, we don't have that much feeling. We just go through some motions. Okay, the proper remembrance. What time is it, brother? Huh? 8.50. Oh, 8.50. Okay, I, okay, I better close. The proper remembrance of the Lord depends on our proper practice. So, let's practice. I, st- I like to stir up mid-Atlantic churches to practice a new kind of Lord's table. It takes practice. It takes exercise. To remember the Lord, we have to praise him, not pray to him. Don't pray to the Lord in a Lord's table. Praise him. We do not come to the Lord's table to ask the Lord to do things for us. Don't do that. Leave that for another time. (laughs) Every time you come to me, you ask for something. I don't think I will like you. In other words, if you don't need something, you won't come to me. That, that's really what it is. 
How about for once, when we come to the Lord, we have nothing to ask for? In fact, we have something to give. We bought a present for the Lord, and that is the sacrifice of our lips, confessing his name. And that is our praise to him. Brothers and sisters, your praise is your present of memory. How can we not open our mouth and praise the Lord? How can we be that stingy to hold back what the Lord deserves from us? Just a praise from our lips would make him happy. And there's so much to praise him for. If you study the hymns and the word. At the Lord's table, we should bless the Lord with well-speaking concerning his person and work. Well-speaking means praising by speaking the good things. Right? Well-speaking is just, I keep saying good things about you. In the world, it's called flattery. But we're not flattering the Lord. The Lord doesn't need no flattering. He deserves every bit of praise and then some. We can never overpraise the Lord, can you? Huh? Well, this morning I praised the Lord a little bit too much. He really doesn't deserve that. Will there be such a day? We will only underpraise. The day will come, dear saints, prayer in this universe will be over. There will be only praise resounding in the heavenlies. In the universal vault, there will be just be echoes of praise one day. Amen. Even there's no need for prayer anymore. Amen. But pra praise is still wanting. Amen. Praise is still needful. Amen. And that will be eternity. Amen. Dear saints, we need to recover praise. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. There's so much to praise him about. I tell you, one reason why we're defeated is because we don't praise. Speak about the Lord and all the goodness about him in so many, so many respects. Some of the main points concerning the Lord's person for our praising are his divinity, his humanity, his statuses as the Son of God, the Son of Man, the Savior, the Redeemer, the Sanctifier, the Life-Giving Spirit, the Lord, etc. I like to see more meetings, uh, not meetings, Lord's Table, where you don't just cover all the bases. No need. Just focus for 40 minutes or 30 minutes just on one item and just milk that one item and thoroughly praise the Lord on that one item. Next Lord's Day, move on to another item. Too superficial. Okay, too general. Two, some of our, the various aspects of the Lord's work for our praising are the Lord's redemptive work, saving work, sanctifying work, transforming work, etc. Three, we have to bless the Lord in such a way as to praise him, to speak well about him. To remember Christ himself, we need a vision regarding his person. We should remember the person much more 
than the work. How about we start this Lord's Day? This Lord's Day. Day after tomorrow. Let's have a new Lord's Table. Okay? Let's decide. Let's decide to have a new Lord's Table. In fact, I may even tell you this Lord's Day, praise, I'll give you a subject. You say, oh my goodness, this is so artificial. What if the Spirit is not leading us that way? I'll tell you, in a way, whatever the subject is not important, is when every saint is using their spirit. In unison, in coordination, praising the Lord, following one another as one team, on that one subject, any subject, the Lord will be happy with. In a way. Okay, let's finish. In the section of remembering the Lord, all of our praises should be addressed directly to the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So we should praise the Father in the second section. In this first section, it should all go to the Lord himself. To address our praises directly to the Lord Jesus, the Son of God, we need to realize the economy of the divine trinity. The economy of the divine trinity is to dispense himself into his chosen and redeemed people. We know that. We all need to learn to differentiate the Lord's name from the Father's name. In our personal time with the Lord, it's good to read the hymns uh, 65 to 80, all concerning the names of the Lord, all the names. How sweet the name of Jesus. Right? Even that song, we just found it's by Newton, right? John Newton. That song is uh, not that full like some of Brother Lee's songs, but there's still many uh, rock and hiding place and Right? Uh, what treasure store, right? Uh, uh, you know what I mean. You're saying if we all exercise, we won't run out of praises uh, on, on any of these uh, aspects of the Lord's person. Okay, D, the proper distributing of the bread and the cup also requires our learning. We should distribute the bread and the cup neither too early nor too late. This is something like serving a meal. One does not serve the main course at the beginning of the meal, nor the dessert at the end. So there comes a time in the midst of our praising the Lord, there's a corporate sense that we will all have, especially if your spirit is exercised with the saints, to realize that this praise is reaching a kind of crescendo, a kind of peak. And at that time, that's the right time to what to break the bread and to pass the cup. That would be the main course of the meal, so to speak. Sometimes we miss that. There's no breaking, and the, the peak has passed. And it didn't come back again, so we just still have to break the bread. It's much, much better to break the bread and remember the Lord at the peak of our praise. So we need to learn to sense that. Uh, okay. We need to distribute the bread and the cup when the remembrance of the Lord reaches the high tide. This means the atmosphere of a remembering of the Lord reaches the highest point. There's an atmosphere in every meeting, including the Lord's table. We need to discern that atmosphere. All right? So we know what hymns to call 
and how to praise. It is better to distribute the bread and the cup with some thanks given to the Lord. Luke 22:19a says that the Lord took the bread and give thanks. Now, one thing, however, I would like to, how should I say, discourage or adjust, if I may. It has become quite the practice now, even in a small church. At the time of the breaking of the bread, four brothers, at least two, have to go up there, each standing there in position, and then go around to praise and then break the bread, whatever, you know, whatever they do. Dear saints, that's a form. I don't find that at the Lord's first Lord's table, the Lord asked Peter, John, and James, break the bread now. No, the Lord broke it. The Lord passed the cup. We put too much emphasis on the formality side of things. For the longest time in the recovery, we don't have that. When at a certain time, when we reach the peak, Someone, usually some brothers, would just break the bread. That's not the important thing. That is a form. But we even are inclined to make the form into some kind of celebrated activity. Do you follow me? It's just passing the bread and the cup, the symbols, the elements. The real thing is not happening there. The real thing is happening in our spirit. That is what needs to be maintained. And no need to come up and, and, and position ourselves. Brothers, don't do that. Uh, uh, do, do, do you agree with me? Yeah. It has become a tradition, a new, new religious formality in our midst. No need to do that. The praise is more important. The, the giving thanks by, by the saints, right? Okay, you got it? How about we sing one stanza of my little song? All right. The tune is to uh, the new tune of uh, Just As I Am. You know, Just As I Am, uh, we, we have given a new tune uh, uh, 20 years ago and uh, to an old uh, famous uh, Scottish melody. Uh, very simple, okay? <clears throat> so we'll just learn uh, just uh, the first verse tonight. And again, not much interpretation, just a simple thing that I thought, if we all memorize it these few days, at the time when we praise the Lord, at the time when we break bread, not in a formal way or legal way, this can be sung. You know what I mean? according to the Spirit's leading. Uh, uh, I prefer, sorry, brother, playing the synthesizer there. My personal preference at the Lord's table is to sing a cappella. In other words, no instrument. But that's not, that's just one man's opinion, okay? Uh, and... Uh, I find that sometimes even the, the, the instrument, the thing, actually distracts you to the music. I'd rather center on the lyrics and the words and the sentiment at the moment so I can focus on the Lord. That's all. That's all. There's not, nothing legal here. Okay? 
Let me sing. This is my body given for you. This is my blood poured out for you. Take it and drink till you I see. This shall you do. Remember me. I, 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 I like to sing it this way. Uh, this shall you do. Remember me. Not remember me. Remember me. There, there's a thousand ways to sing this. <laughs> no one has a copyright to this song, so you can mangle it, change it any way you want. But that's just the way I sing. So, uh, uh, Take it and drink till you I see. This shall you do. Remember me. Okay. I prefer this song to be sang a little slower. Um, it is a solemn moment, certainly. Um, and a whole being would be focus on the Lord and concentrated on him our heart and our spirit will all be um, uh, focused on him um, okay let's sing it again we're, how about with trying to even memorize it this is the scriptures so we're memorizing the scriptures right mm -hmm. this is my body Digging for you. This is my blood poured out for you. Take it and drink till you I see. This shall you do. Remember me, brothers. This is my body given for you. This is my blood poured out for you. Take it and drink till you I see. This shall you do. Sisters, please. So your assignment, tonight memorize this and sing this before you fall asleep. Okay? So tomorrow when we come together again, this is the first 
song we will sing. Just this first stanza. All right, I'm done here. What should you do? Pray with our neighbor a little bit. Amen.